landed. Go ahead and turn to First Timothy. We'll be in First Timothy here uh, this morning. Uh, a couple of things, just to uh, give a note. There was I don't I, I don't think it was announced, so I'll share this, and you can tease me if it was announced and I just missed it. Um, but there is uh, the church. Some of us in the church here are going to organize an uh, Easter egg hunt to, for the community uh, this year on uh, the Saturday uh, before, so it'd be the the last uh, Saturday of this month. And if you want to participate or help put that together, uh, Wednesday evening after our Bible classes, we'll have a meeting uh, to to help organize that. And so you're welcome to, to come and participate with that as well. Um, and uh, there is a, a devotional scheduled tonight for the Roots and the Reach crew. And blessed are those who will not be bent out of shape. Um, blessed are those who are flexible because they will not be bent out of shape. I know that... Tonight, because of some sicknesses that are happening and the weather is supposed to get worse throughout the evening, and I just checked the schedule, we're going to postpone this for a couple of weeks, okay? And we'll we'll have a devotional a couple of weeks out from now. So that's a uh, so just uh, stay warm and stay stay at home tonight if if that's a uh, that works for you. That's what what we'll plan. Okay, First Timothy chapter three. We're going to go into uh, some more discussion about qualities that we see. Of elders, but before we do that, and I've been thinking about this for the last half hour here, and and so I'm just I'm going to share this here, and hopefully, my hope is this is really is encouraging for you, is that I tell you in the last couple of months I've probably had more conversations in a shorter period of time with people than I remember of people just sharing just burdens that they have in life right now, whether it be. Uh, physical illness, whether it be family situations, whether it be job situations, whether it be just this really, really long winter, okay? But just sharing, people sharing in the church that, boy, life is just hard right now, and I, I just have these these burdens that I'm carrying. And so what, what I want us to understand, and I think is important, is that's okay, all right? Sometimes when we come into God's assembly here, and we come to worship. There's a part of me that feels like I always have to come in and be like, you know that? Because I know the message. I know that God has done for me. I know all the good news. But there's sometimes that the burdens just carry on my shoulders. And they, they just, <laughs> I just, it, it, it's a lot. Okay? So if that's where you're at right now, that's okay. Okay? If you're in a spot right now where you're not, have all those burdens on your shoulders, then encourage the person next to you because they probably do right now. And that's, that's okay. That's just part of church life. That's part of, of being a people of God is that we have times where it seems like Satan really tries to hit and really tries to distract us from things and, and makes us carry burdens or that we allow him to, to give us burdens that, that, we, uh, we try to, that we just rather not have. But they are that way for right now. Okay? And so give yourself some grace. And I hope what I'm going to share this morning is, is a blessing for you. But one thing I know that was really encouraging for me here just a couple of days ago, uh, there was the Middle School Parent Teachers Association brought in a, uh, a it's called Butte Magic. They do magic tricks, you know, just like like um, like making rabbits disappear or whatever that that type of thing. That they brought into the middle school, and and I had a, a conversation with with a, a lady that was part of that. That just uh, and I won't share all of it, but one of the things that she said uh, that I found a, a great comfort in is, is she came up, to, she, she asked, we were talking afterwards, and, and she said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a minister, and uh, so where at? And I told her, and her eyes got really big, and she said, I know who you guys are. 
because we drive around back and forth, and, and she gave more details, and I can give it to you sometime if you like to hear the story. But she said, there's a time where I was driving from Billings back to Butte, and uh, the sign that I saw out on the interstate changed my life. And I want to say thank you. I've always had not known who to say thank you for that. And I said, well, it's, it's, I just show up. Okay, that sign, I'm surprised as anybody else what's on there. But what she said in, with an intensity that I've not seen from a lot of people, she said, never give up. Okay, never give up. You guys just keep doing good stuff. Whatever you guys are doing, it's good. Never, ever give up. Just keep pushing. And uh, that's, that's great for all of us, isn't it? Is that never give up. Whatever, whatever God's got for us and whatever we're doing, we never give up. We just continue to, to do the good things that God wants us to. All right, let's look in First uh, Timothy. I'm going to read... Now, we won't read Titus, we're just going to read one of these, but these are some, some of these qualities we're going to walk through here the next, next couple of weeks. First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Here's the trustworthy saying, Whoever aspires to be an overseer or elder desires a noble task. Now, the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money, he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall into the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Okay, so here's some qualities for elders from Timothy and Titus. Um, and remember, as I talked about here a couple of weeks ago, is the overarching quality is that elder is to be above reproach, okay? Above reproach and blameless. And then he describes what that looks like for a person to be above reproach and blameless. Now, for us, for all of us as Christians, this is what we're shooting for, is to people to be above reproach. People in the community that say, oh, that is a person that lives out godliness, that doesn't have all this... You know, when when we when someone hears our name, they don't think, "Ooh, you know, ugh, I'm, you know that person." Hmm, not sure about them, but they say, "Yeah, that is a person that lives out godliness." Okay, when we talk about these qualifications, it's great. That's a great term if we talk about it in terms of qualities. We run into problems if we talk about it in terms of a checkmark list, a list of checkmarks. Okay. Listen to the lesson two weeks ago, and I explained and walked through that. This is the general qualities that Paul is saying. This is the people you look for when you're looking for to appoint elders. They're qualities that, that we're all called to, to um, cultivate as well. Okay, the first quality we're going to look at today is, again, being above reproach. And part of being above reproach means that we are self-controlled. Now, how many of you have a dog? Have seen a dog do this in person? Do you have a dog that does this? Okay, yeah, there's the, our current dog does not do this. We, the dog that we had before uh, would do this and put the, the cookie on her nose and just, just watch. That is a great definition of self-control. There's everything about this picture that this dog wants that cookie, doesn't it? Can you, you see, when, whenever, whenever you put a, a dog in a situation like this, they want that. But they have been taught to demonstrate that self-control and slow down and wait until the time is right. Being self-controlled, as we see here, is in uh, Timothy and Titus, talk about these qualities here. Being self-controlled means being disciplined, and being self-controlled also is not given to drunkenness. Okay? There is, um, there's all sorts of ways that we cannot demonstrate self-control, and, and it creates uh, havoc in our lives. 
Okay, we'll go to that here in just a second. But look at this. Okay, this is not self-control right here. Okay, now I can relate to this guy who is uh, eating that that sucker that's being stuck out there. As I know, my mom's here in town right now, and whenever my mom comes and visits, she makes her chocolate chip cookies from scratch. Yeah. No, this is not good, Ken. You see where this is going, don't you? Yeah. And so my mom makes these chocolate chip cookies, and and I've eaten them since I was a child, and I love these things. And if one is good, then 15 is better, right? Isn't that how it works? And so my mom will make all these chocolate chip cookies to last us for a while while she's here. And I know that when I go into the kitchen and there's all these piles of chocolate chip cookies that are there, there's a huge part of me that wants to do what? You know where this is going, don't you? Devour the whole pile. That's right. But when I devour the whole pile, I know that that's not good for me. But if I know it's not good for me, then why do I do it? Because I want to. <laughs> because I want to, and I see those cookies, and I, they look so good, and I'm just going to, to go and, and, and take them. And that's what happens with us when, when we have not developed self-control in our life. We do whatever we really want to at the moment in time, knowing that there may be consequences here in a little bit, but we're going to do it anyway just because this is really, really what we want to do. Look at, this is kind of a strange picture, but I think it gets the idea across. Is self-control in action is our head holds us back from, from doing what, uh, what we really, really want to do sometimes. And again, the example here is given in Timothy and Titus is one who is not given to drunkenness. Now, as Christians, I hope that we are people that are not given to drunkenness. I know that I had a, a friend who, was, uh, who worked as a nurse at one point in time, and uh, she was part of a church, and she had a really tough situation that happened in her life. And what it was is one of the church leaders was a closet alcoholic, and people did not know about this. And so what happened is this church leader, about every three weeks, would binge and would end up in the ER. And here this person was taking care of them, knowing who he was, and other people in the ER knew who he was, but the church did not know this hidden secret about him. And that was really tough on this particular girl because she thought, how on earth can, can this person be a church leader when this person does not have self-control in this situation and ends up here in the ER and everybody sees this and everybody knows this is happening? And that's the idea there, is that there's control that is not given in this situation. And, and Paul says, Man, that's not, first of all, it's not good for us as Christians in general, but you don't want to appoint someone who is a shepherd who does not have control of themselves in, in this area. There's other areas that we can, we can have lack of control. Um, we can have lack of control in our eating, like I talked about. You know, when, when the pile of cookies is there, I said, I'm going to eat those no matter what. Um, we can have control, lose control of all sorts of our appetites, addictions, uh, whether it be sometimes shopping. You know, if you go into the mall and you feel it, I feel it, I've got to swipe the card, I've got to, I've got to buy something, or, or whatever it may be, whether it be work, Sometimes we can be addicted to work. We don't feel like we're doing anything worthwhile unless we are pushing ourselves hard with whatever our work is. All of those are, are an example of, of not having the self-control that God wants us to be, to have, and not living the balanced life that God calls us to live. So think about that. That's part of being above reproach is, is being self-controlled. Also, being above reproach 
is being gentle and meek. Now, I went through, and I'm going to give you some definitions here that come that, that are really helpful for me. And this particular definition of this word that is used right here is equitable, fair, moderate, forbearing, not insisting on the letter of the law. It expresses that considerateness that looks humanely and responsibly or reasonably at the facts of the case. Okay, that comes from Vines. Now, this is the, the big dictionary here. Look at this. The quality of making allowances despite facts that might suggest reason for a different reaction. Clemency, gentleness, graciousness, you know, those terms there. Or not insisting on every right of letter, of law, or custom. Yielding, gentle, kind, courteous, tolerant. And this is an important quality, not only for, for people who are going to, to serve as shepherds in God's kingdom, but for all of us as Christians as well. And you see Jesus demonstrating this in, in a whole lot of different ways. Um, you see him when, when Jesus, you notice that the little children come to Jesus. That says something about him, that he has an openness and a gentleness about him, that they were willing to come up to him and they were willing to touch him because he was approachable. He was also, you see him in John chapter 8, when Jesus, uh, when he is, he's trying to put in a trap here, where the woman caught in adultery is brought, is thrown there, and they say, Jesus, the law says that we need to execute this woman right now. What do you say? And Jesus just bends down. He starts drawing in the sand. And he stands up and he says, Any one of you that is without sin, you be the first person to throw the stone. And the religious leaders just start walking away. The religious leaders were right, is that they knew exactly the letter of the law. But Jesus knew something more, is that he knew that this lady, he saw her repentance, he saw her heart, as someone, the others couldn't. And he was going to offer forgiveness and mercy and say, leave your life of sin and help her come, become the person that she wanted to be. That's so important for us as Christians and especially for, for people who shepherd us, is having this perspective that I do not have to have the letter of the law and everything because I'm going to be patient with people wherever they're at. Boy, if we don't live that way with each other, it's, it's hard to live together. It's hard to be a God's people. Um, I know that when, uh, when Everett Hufford was here, he said that the, the wonderful thing about church leadership or the importance of church leadership is they act as the shock absorbers for the church because all churches have heartaches, all churches have our issues, all churches have our stuff, but the ones that do best are the ones that have spiritual leaders that can walk among the people and say, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. We're going to walk through this because things, are, things have been worse before and it's going to be okay and we're going to get through this. Finding that common ground to help people be all that they can be. There's a, those are the qualities here. And here's the opposite. And these qualities are listed in Timothy and Titus as well. Gentle and meekness is not someone who is quarrelsome, someone who somehow seems to always create animosity among your brothers and sisters. It's not someone who is quick-tempered, because whenever a person shepherds other people, there's going to be accusations that come the direction. And so it's important for us to not be quick-tempered, but be, as, as the Scripture talks about, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And it's not being overbearing, it's my way or the highway. I'm in control here, and I'm going to, to have the heavy hand. And it's not being someone who is, who is violent, someone who is, who is quick to, to criticize and, and quick to, to, um, to slash. 
That's the opposite of being above reproach. And sometimes, for guys here, what's important for us to know is that it's not by accident that Paul talks for us. If we have children, do not exasperate your children. He talks about men being patient and being gentle with children. And because there's, there's, some of, there's some part of us, and maybe society promotes it as well, that we're this rugged individualist, that my idea is the highway, and this is what I'm going to do. And you see what God tells us as spiritual leaders were to be something very different, to be people who are gentle and patient and able to walk people through life situations. So for all of us here, um, here's what, what's important for us, these qualities that are listed here. Um, self-control and gentleness and meekness. These are not qualities that just spiritual leaders have, but it's qualities that all of us are supposed to cultivate. Just the people who guide us spiritually are just a little further along the path than we are. Let's talk about self-control here for just a second again. Um, Self-control, it's important to understand what controls us. Uh, If we're going to to have self-control, it's important to understand what other things may control us, whether it be the cookie jar or whether it be the alcohol or whatever it may be. But I know that when people come in and, and sit down across the table from me and say, Chris, I have a problem with this, I think, yes, good for you. Because once we understand what the problem is, then we can work to figure out how to, how to find a solution. Because the thing that's most dangerous is when we don't understand what controls us and we don't understand that we have a problem or what the problem is. But when we're able to finally say, all right, here's my situation. I've got a problem with this. Great. That's fantastic. So let's work from here on how do, how do we resolve this particular problem. Um, understand what controls you. Identify emotions, thoughts, and d- danger zones. Okay, If there is, there's danger zones for you, emotions or thoughts that lead you to a place to go back to those things that consume you, that you can't control yourself, understand what those are. Reaffirm that control several times a day. I will not be controlled by those things, whatever they may be. Um, I know I've got um, something that I'm, I'm planning on doing. I want you to ask me about this. Uh, my plan, and I was planning on starting a few days ago, and I did not do it. So full confession, here it is. But I want to put a sticky note on my bathroom window that has a few things for me to consider and work on and think about for the month of March. I'm going to do the same thing for April. Just goals for myself to help myself, to help me keep uh, be the person that, that I know that God wants me to be. And uh, maybe that says something about my lack of discipline right now, that it's the fourth and I ha- don't have that up yet. But I want you to ask me about that, because that's one of the ways that I'm going to, to, to evaluate, um, to, to be someone who, who really demonstrates that self-control and, uh, and be the person that, that, I, that I know that God wants me to be. And also continue to pray. Continue to pray day in, day out, that I can be the person that God wants me to be, that I can have control of my actions and not be, uh, be pulled in by the emotions or those other danger zones of things that just get a hold of me. I don't want to be that way. And uh, we can pray for each other in that. Now, that's some things I, found, I find helpful in uh, pursuing self-control. And pursuing gentleness and meekness, um, let's look at, at Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Okay, I'm going to read, before we look at Galatians chapter 6, I want to read a, uh, something I found, a sermon illustration online, 
that this really, really impacted me this week, and I hope it will be for you. And I'll just read it, and I'll add a few things in here as we go along. At their school carnival, our kids won four free goldfish. How many of you have won goldfish at school carnival? Okay, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, we run some a few years ago. It's like, all right, now we get to buy a fishbowl. So out I went on Saturday morning to find an aquarium. The first few I priced ranged from $40 to $70. Then I spotted right there in the aisle a discarded 10-gallon display tank, complete with gravel and filter, for a mere 5 bucks. Sold. Of course, it was nasty dirty, but the savings made the two hours of cleanup a breeze. Those four new fish looked great in their new home, at least for the first day. But by Sunday, one had died. Too bad, but three remained. You know, goldfish one at the school carnival aren't supposed to last forever, right? Monday morning revealed a second casualty, and by Monday night, a third goldfish had gone belly up. We called in an expert, a member of our church, who had a 30-gallon tank. It didn't take him long to discover the problem. Anybody know what the problem may be? I had washed the tank with soap, an absolute no-no. And listen to this. My uninformed efforts had destroyed the very lives I was trying to protect. Sometimes in our zeal to clean up our own lives or the lives of others, we unfortunately use killer soaps, condemnation, criticism, nagging, fits of temper. We think we're doing right, but our harsh, self-righteous treatment is more than they can bear. Well, that's something for all of us to think about, isn't it? Because we can be right, we can say the right things, and if we do not do so with the gentleness that God has given us, then we can very easily do more damage than we ever anticipate. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Okay, You who are mature, it says in some translations. Because maturity, pulling people from sin and change is, is really the job of, of those of us those that are more mature. It's really hard if we're not too far along in our spiritual life to help turn somebody because we tend to not be able to see the log in our own eyes. We haven't been through the, the spiritual journey that long. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to anyone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instructions in the word should share all good things with their instructor. And the Galatians here, man, there is, it's important to call people higher, but you've got to be gentle in how you do that. And so this is, here we see uh, that this, these qualities here that are mentioned in several different ways here in Timothy and Titus are important for spiritual leadership. But it's important for all of us as well. And gentleness and meekness is important because it's very easy to see the shortcomings in other people. That's easy. All of us can do that. It's easy to see the shortcomings in other people. It's harder to see the shortcomings in ourselves, and it's harder still to admit those shortcomings in ourselves and, and be okay with being transparent with them. And it's harder still to be one who understands my own shortcomings, understands the shortcomings of the other person, and be willing to be patient enough to walk them through that so that they can be the person that God wants them to be. Hey, that's a... Boy, that's something for all of us. I hope that calls all of us higher to be the people that God wants us to be. And this is part of being above reproach for all of us 
is, is pursuing that self-control in our life and pursuing a gentleness and meekness that we do not have to admit, administer the law at every angle, but that we can be gracious and merciful and we can be patient with people as they grow and they stretch to become all that God wants them to be. Um, I think that's good. Hopefully that calls all of us higher. And uh, my prayers for you this week is that God helps us become more and more the people that he wants us to be. If you would like prayers of the church, you're welcome to head to the back, and the elders will be back there uh, willing to pray with you. Let's stand and sing together.